Hey y'all, welcome back to the Sunday, August 7th, 2022 edition here on the Chase the Most Podcast. Sports reporters, we have indeed reassembled Bob Silverman, Andrew Hammond here on a Sunday, as we are at this time every single week. Uh, Bob, Andrew, and I, we talked a lot about Succession uh, because I just finished season three. So uh, spoilers ahead if you have not already uh, caught up on season three. But uh, we talked about that. We talked about uh, the Dolphins. We talked about Stephen Ross, the ownership situation, what happened there with Flores and the lost draft pick, Peyton, Brady, uh, all that good stuff. Um, we talked a little HBO. We talked some Major League Baseball trade deadline winners and losers. We talked some Deshaun Watson and where that's going going forward. Uh, but it was a lot of fun uh, talking all things sports with uh, Bob and Andrew. So I think you guys will like it as you do every single week. And as always, thank you for making the Chase and Most podcast part of your daily listen wherever and however you listen to this program. We greatly appreciate uh, you making Chase Thomas podcast. Uh, part of your your team we we greatly appreciate it uh don't forget you can also check us out and watch these episodes keep up with all of our stuff on youtube youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast so go check that out today if you have not already done so uh but yeah there you go read me also sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com all kinds of stories up this week on the website sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com become a subscriber today that would be great help other people uh find the show and read all the stuff that i'm writing over there so uh all kinds of ways to interact with the show with what i'm doing on the writing front all that good stuff uh there you go uh that's it uncle darren let's go chase thomas pod get a chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it before you do. Oh, I'm already going. We're going. The sports reporters we have indeed reassembled. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Chase, before you do, I got a question. Because mm-hmm. we're talking succession. Right. Did you marathon it all the way through, just power through, or did you pace yourself between episodes and seasons? Uh, I did season one last year, and then I did season two a few months back, and then I did season three uh, basically over the last month. Okay. Perfect. Start mm. talking. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so, this ladies is and gentlemen, Chase Thomas has, has just finished season three of Succession. This is breaking news. Mm-hmm. Chase Thomas has caught up on all three seasons of the HBO prestige TV series Succession. Chase, your response. I certainly got to hand it to Logan Roy just being right all the time about this stuff with the kids and it's just rough where i i the amount of times i turn to my fiance and i'm like this is not going to work out well for these people and i just i keep looking out where they just keep going to battle with this man and he just keeps winning and it's one of those where the game's rigged and they haven't realized that the game is rigged against them and that uh they are going to continually run into this brick wall that is their father who is smarter than them is always a step ahead of them. I'm kind of figure, trying to figure out who told him that uh, they were coming. We don't know that. Was it yes, Tom? Do. Yeah. Oh, was they it Tom? It was, yeah. yeah. Oh, was that the deal? Okay. I didn't realize that. He, puts, he pats them on the back as they're being kicked out of the room. He pats Tom on the back. That's what that meant? It. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just saw that. I did not realize what that was. Because, okay. Yeah, because once, once, if I remember correctly, once Shiv kind of gave her gave Shiv said to Tom like don't worry when we figure all this out you'll be fine yeah. Tom realized that his wife one doesn't really love him which is very she said sad. that to his face at, yeah. at one point during the season yeah. she doesn't really love him and if push and if not even if push comes to shove at the slightest provocation she will kick him to the curb and mm-hmm. he decided that in this particular game of thrones the only way to win is to get himself closer tied to the true power centers. And so he stabbed his wife in the back with some help from cousin Greg, who I think, by the way, is the most evil person in the show. Greg? Well, because he was, he was going to sue Greenpeace. Because cousin Greg will do anything and be oblivious about it. Cousin Greg will do whatever horror is presented in front of him. Tom at least knows that he is doing something awful. I think that's more evil to know than so, not know. No, I feel How do you like, get mad at the oblivious person? So, like, so if you're because oblivious. they are capable of anything. 
the mm. moment so so Chase, because cousin Greg is, does not actually have the wherewithal to understand bingo. Do, do I agree with that whole thing, and I am not excusing his lack of self awareness or, or awareness of of the situations presented in front of him. The actual most harm. Let me phrase it differently. Then cousin Greg can do the most harm in the world because he doesn't under actually seem to comprehend what he's doing. Right. But even when he's presented with it. He doesn't care. Tom clearly <laughs> has regrets and a certain amount of, of awareness that he is uh, and feelings of horror about what he's about to unleash on so, his wife who doesn't love him. Yeah. But Greg is a monster. This well, is a take Greg, I was not Greg, expecting. Greg, here's the thing. Greg is a monster and he's just realizing the power that he actually possesses when it and comes he likes to, it. and he and, likes it. Yes, and he's realized that hmm. all these people that he's trying to, that he's been trying to please, basically since the beginning, have just said, "Okay, you're you're there. Go go in the corner. Yeah, go in the corner." Like like when when Ken is having his panic attack collapse. The actual siblings do realize, oh, it's time for us to be brother and sister, and they're legitimately worried for him. Greg yeah. doesn't care. Greg cares about nothing. Greg is a sieve. He has well, to be no fair to him, like, Ken is pretty friend. mean to him. Like, at that party, his birthday party. Wouldn't you be mean to Greg? Wouldn't hmm? you be mean to Greg? He's, yeah, he's kind of just... Greg is a human walking kick-me sign. He but that's what I'm saying. So, I don't... That's interesting. I hadn't considered so, Greg as the evilest. Uh, also, in the show. I will say this. I would still say it's Logan though, because Logan's power and everything else, and Logan doesn't yes. feel. I would say Logan, Logan is still very Logan much. Logan is primarily is only driven by his desire to win. Whatever winning, like look, Greg. Logan's whole point was that he wanted like the entire driving force between Logan. The first two seasons, and I would say the first ninety percent of season three was he wants to remain in control of his media empire. Mm. But what you realize at the end of season three is that he is willing to dump all that mm. and give up the thing that he has spent his life building if it means winning. However, he defines it. Mm. If I can deny and, my children that. Who have who have been fighting for it forever, and I come out on the back end just yes. fine. He realizes which... that he will no longer be running this company; will be taken over by the Elon Musk stand-in, played by uh, Alex, Alex Skarsgård. Yeah, yes, the the spectrumy Elon Musk, but much more handsome type, and. And more in shape, by the way. Yeah, and a little bit in better shape. We've seen the All these dudes are tall, by the way. Greg, this guy, a lot of Greg tall is, dudes Greg, in this Greg show. Is, Greg is six three, six four, I think. We've seen That's part of the Greg. evil. He's just so, yeah, he's Nicholas a looming presence. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So tall people are evil now? It's just, there's something more evil about the I, tall man. I do, I do, well, screw you, Chase. <laughs> I do want your reaction to the moment where, because to me, it's some of the best acting that I have seen on a show in a very long time. The moment very well done. where uh, where Tom realizes he screwed up. Because it, it, he's not like Greg, where Greg is like, oh, well, I, I did it. And so, well, bye. Like, Tom is, Tom is the politician that understands how the he thinks he understands how the game is played mm -hmm. and the moment he looks at shiv in the eye and they lock eyes and you can just see it in his face it's just like oh are you on the finale yeah michael michael mcfaden is, a, is an outstanding actor and, in, in, and tom's face yeah. is just like oh balls but see like that's I'm just the silliest dead. thing to me like he's also the, by the way a very handsome man if you yes. look at him as his appearances say he's like from new zealand or he's like from new zealand or australia i'm like yeah hmm. he's not american either is shiv shiv is australian yes yeah, yeah, shiv is australian tom is either english or he's, he's from english. one of the british countries that was he's, taken yeah. over yeah. He's, 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 I believe he's a Brit. He may be Irish. McFadden mm, yeah. is sort of an Irish name. I could yeah. be wrong. Jamie, <laughs> Jamie, please look at 
Well, the thing thing about Tom, though, is Tom's not a sympathetic figure. Like, stuff he did in season one, like, Tom was pretty horrific and was, it seemed like he was actually going to go, like, I love the thing of him going to jail and equating everything, like the the diner scene with him and Greg, where he's just, like, going through the menu and he's like, now you have to subtract, like, 40% of this because, or whatever this percentage was. And that's what it tastes like in prison. (laughs) Oh, my God. so, So there's this, there's this, underlying theme of season three where tom and greg are basically just like on the lifeboat themselves and they're preparing for the absolute worst and then logan basically just kind of gives them this life raft and they take it and tom realizes oh i know what i'm about to do who are the guest stars for season four i know it's been announced we've seen some of the boldface names i can't remember it this is another jamie question mm. this might be another when jamie is season question. four coming out they're filming year. now okay it's filming coming now. out like fall next year or something either fall or summer next year something like that. i'm also just I'm, stunned that um kendall made it through this these past two seasons i have just been waiting <laughs> racing for the episode where kendall's now you gone can read, now you can read the New York Times profile of of of, of Jeremy Strong uh-huh. <laughs> with an good? informed perspective. It's it's fascinating. Uh, he he got very mad about it. Other actors got mad about it. It's basically didn't we talk yeah, about this on the show? On the show, I, well, I we like talked we... about it. Yeah, we talked about it in the pod. There is a New York Times profile of Jeremy Strong, and the basic premise is that everyone's like, yeah. He kind of tortures himself to play this part, and at times it drives all of us insane. There's a quote from Brian Cox, who is Welsh, um, and a wonderful actor. And of course, like many English, classically trained English actors, U- uh, UK, sorry to the Welsh people, um, is, uh, is not of the subject yourself to all kinds of actual pain and psychological torture in order to fully realize the character they believe, no, this is where I stand. I do the happy face, the sad face, the fad, the fast face and the slow face. And you know that you put it together and he goes, I worry about him. The poor boy drives himself batty trying to do this. And it, I don't think it's good for him in the long term. And it isn't, uh, we, we can have a discussion about method acting. Uh, and I'll give an early rec for all you readers who want to learn more about the process of acting and the psychological-based uh, theories known as The Method. I recommend Isaac Butler's book mm. called The Method, which has which devotes a l- years to all the pride, like how it came to be. It talks about, you know, you learn a lot about Brando, you learn a lot about Pacino, you learn about all those guys. And the, the idea of like the actor studio... And it talks a lot about the actor's studio. It talks about Lee Strasberg. It talks about all those people. Like, okay, we're not going to get into a conversation about method acting right now. I know. Can I just say that the Curie and Culkin section of that uh, article on Jeremy Strong is like, it feels like a lot of. He's just having fun. Yeah, it's like a lot of the characters actually stay on brand of how they actually approach jeremy strong and it is hilarious because uh kirian colkin basically just says yeah we kind of sort of mess with him about it yeah like we kirian colkin as a former child actor clearly who, understood who, who, who had to deal with an ultimate basket case you know growing yeah. up which it and the more you learn you're like i get it i get it mccully i totally get it yeah <laughs> I just, I I wonder where it goes now, because I guess we get the three of them splitting off doing their own thing, but the Jeremy Strong thing, I just, I can't keep going down this road with this man. I need, he's just bumming me out, like in different ways where I'm like, this man, I just, Jeremy Strong deserves. The party episode is incredibly depressing. Oh my goodness. Oh yes, depressing. That's the worst party of all time. And he's just That's so awful. sad. Like when he's digging through the rubble trying to find his children's present for him and his response. Yeah, of, you remember halfway through season three. Oh, right. He has kids. Well, I was like, right. I, I remember because I look over him. to uh, Samantha where I'm like, this man has not seen his kids all season. What's no. happening here? No, not once. Yeah. Not once has he mentioned. It's like, oh, right. He has 
he has children. And good for Rava for leaving him because he is a mess. Bastard That's the whole kid. thing. It's like none of these people are rootable and you're like, oh, I don't want Logan to win because I don't like Logan. But it's like I also don't want Shiv and... Uh, no, you don't want... No, Shiv is... Shiv is... Shiv is... Uh, I can name about three or four prominent Democratic consultants that Shiv could easily be modeled after. No, you trust nothing. I want them to bring back Eric Bogosian, though, because Eric Bogosian whips ass. Who was that? Eric Bogosian played the Bernie Sanders-ish senator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. One and two. Mm-hmm. I want Eric because Eric Bogosian is awesome and everything and more Eric Bogosian, please. That's my personal request to the show. When <laughs> my, my, my favorite thing about succession, because, you know, I have to equate it. I have to make it a sports analogy. It reminds mm-hmm. me so much of college football in terms hmm. of Nick. By the way, fun succession fact, Alan Ruck is like four years younger than Brian Cox or something. Okay. I remember that real? hearing that. Yeah. Yes. Alan Ruck, who plays. The saddest Roy Child possibly, Connor. <laughs> he 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 plays the saddest Roy Child, and he's. I wouldn't say he's the saddest. He's, no, that man's he's, not he's, the saddest. And he's also kind of the most well-adjusted. He's, in his he's own HBO's way. Jam Brady. That's what he is. Because all the kids are going through this, like they're having the conversation at the uh, at the little dinner or whatever at the country club, and mm-hmm. they're you get you got the three of them fighting. Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting there, just like, "Hey guys, guys, guys." Well, I think part of it is me. because he doesn't have the same. I also am I alone in not realizing that he had a different mom, like for a while. Like I didn't realize that that was made clear. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was the first. That was uh, Logan Roy's first wife was yeah. His birth, yeah. But they never talk about her, right? Like I've never heard no. her come up at all. So is that just she, supposed to be a mystery? Like what happened to Connor's I mom? She passed away. Oh yeah, I, I think so. I'm 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 frantically googling trying to find out who the guest stars because they've announced <laughs> because yeah, aren't, there, aren't like, there like a few heavy hitters? There are. I'm looking on Thrillist. That's how low I've sunk. <laughs> we need a Jamie on this show ASAP. Where is Jamie? I don't um, know, but, that, but but I do equate Logan Roy to Nick Saban at Alabama, where mm-hmm. basically it's like, oh man. He's in a tough situation now. Well, he wriggled his way out of another one. You're just yeah. like, uh, but it uh, wasn't really tough. Like he never really worried about it. Like I think my gut told me when he stayed. Uh, internet is useless for the guest stars. I know there have been some somewhat high profile guest stars. We got Adrian Brody for a couple of se- for a couple of episodes, and then he vanished in season three. He became Pat Riley. Yeah, he became Pat Riley. There was a casting call, by the way, put out. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Oh yeah, I saw that. Coleman tweeted a notice. It's like if you if you're if you're taller than six two and a white dude and can play basketball, the Kurt Rambis role is available. Or perhaps <laughs> Mitch Kupchak if you want to shoot aim a little bit lower. I think mm-hmm. the the Kurt Rambis will be the choicer plum because you get to wear, you know, these kinds of glasses and, and, and be made fun of. Well and and you uh you will end up dating and marrying Linda Rambis. So yeah, so yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a important role. Yeah, I, I don't know. We, we've gone down the succession rabbit hole. Uh, when does it when does it end? It was months ago. So we're yeah. we're finally getting around to that. Yes. Uh, well, I was excited. I wanted to get through it and actually be able to join the party because everyone like getting to the point where it's like I, I'm the Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Hollywood where I point at the screen where I see like, yeah. what are you, a sicko? And then the look from uh, <laughs> Roman at his dad. Like, I was like, I know I've seen that meme. I know that yeah. meme. I know what's yeah. happening here, um, which now is also, oh, my God. I It's a great show, but it's a. Uh, it's it's bleak. I, I just want to say though, as someone who has sat in rooms with wealthy people asking them for money, mm. that Adrian Brody character was incredibly true to life. Yes. Which one was Adrian have, Brody? Adrian Brody was the guy who owns his own island and they go for the long walk. Oh yeah, 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 yes. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes, he, yes, yes. Logan okay. Heatstroke where he almost yeah. was. The wealthy guy, the wealthy mm-hmm. investor who's just got passive income sluicing over him 24 seven and now his vote is incredibly important so he needs to be wined and dined mm. i have been in rooms asking people of that tax bracket for money mm. and his the combination of self-confidence self-importance and yet utter obliviousness and is that's 
and, and like, no, no, man, I'm going to wear a beanie. That just shows you how down to earth I am. Yeah, mm. I've been in a room with that guy. And they give you nothing. You know, you know what nothing. I hate about that, though? You know what I hate about that Adrian Brody fit? What? Very on brand for me. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's, like that's my, you know, quick media scrum, uh, you know, for for a team where I'm just – you know, going to get quote. and the down vest, both of them, just to make sure you're warm, but your arms are free. <laughs> there, so I remember wearing one of one of those fits to a just like a quick media scrum. It was like in February when I was uh, covering K State for the AP, and I I showed up just like that. I was like, oh man, and you don't even own an island, pathetic. <laughs> Man, I no longer want to be on this pod. <laughs> <laughs> Talking real estate now, guys. I would be so. I would be a terrified of owning an island where I'm like, "What's the healthcare like? How, what do I do if I have an emergency? Do what I if somebody out? else is here?" Yeah, <laughs> you have a staff, point. Chase. The point of having a, a if you have a domicile of that size, yeah. on a size, piece of property that size, you not only have a staff, you mm-hmm. have things like your yacht. In the dock, ready to and a helicopter, ready to evac you to any medical facility where you will get concierge care. By the way, there is an outstanding article. Mm. Speaking of yachts, uh, by Evan Osnos in the New Yorker about the the lives and uh, let's just say logistics behind the incredibly wealthy people who own things like five hundred million dollar mega yachts, and mm. I highly recommend it. It has many different types of of utterly hateful rich people and you will meet and the people who uh, it's it's and the people who love them well no and the people who are paid to make sure that they get everything they want in life yes but it's quite this naturally leads us actually this is a natural transition to stephen ross the owner uh, yes. the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if he owns a mega yacht, but spiritually he definitely does. I feel like he has to. He's in the conversation. It would not be surprising if he owned a mega yacht. Uh, yeah, I can see that. We uh, really get an intern so we can have someone whose job it is to look these things up. Please. Does Steven, I'm sure, you know what? I'm sure he does because he's the type of person that would I'm, own a I'm, mega I'm, yacht while Google being Google. cheap, while being cheap with, um, you know, not wanting to pay his quarterback. Well, not even just that. So bribing his coach. Allegedly. Yes. Um, but it's like, we just moved past that one that happened two days ago where it was revealed like Flores was right. And this was just one All of those I'm things. All I'm seeing is Steven Spielberg's super yacht. This is not helpful. <laughs> um, the Dolphins. There's a lot of pictures though. They lose a first-round pick. I think they lost a third-round pick, too. Uh, but first lose first third, round. and he can't go to owners' meetings for a good chunk of the year, and he can't run the team or at least show up in their offices, which means utterly... I don't know what that means, yeah. that's They're going to find a workaround, it's, I'm going to guess. It's amazing. It doesn't... It, it, like, Do everything on Zoom! Mm-hmm. The first the first round traffic, it, that'll hurt a little. Um, by the way, I think this is the third incident in which Tom Brady was connected to a team being docked a first round traffic <laughs> for his actions. Ooh. And, and he, it's, it's kind of like, hey, Spygate, why Spygate, is this, why yeah. is, and now this. Why is this happening? Huh? And you, he's just sitting around, hmm. Oh, well. What a coincidence. Yeah, I just went to meetings. I just, I just clicked on the Zoom. It's not my fault. Well, it is interesting, though, right? Like, that was the the rumor. It was, like, that there was, like, some stuff this summer where it was, like, it was a package was. deal, Peyton and Brady, I mean, and people I, were I like, really that, that like the part of the, the part of the ruling that I like is where they act, the NFL's investigators actually uncovered Stephen Roth saying, like, you actually, no, we need to gear everything towards losing to improve our draft positions. Yeah. And somehow that doesn't validate Brian, uh, Brian Flores' accusation that he was told to lose somehow. The, right. the, the thing, the answer is, yeah, but he wasn't serious about it. Which, so it what count. does that even mean? Yeah, that's no, they, no, he, he Seriously, he didn't, re- he, he had his fingers crossed, he was winking. Yeah. So... It was like one of those things where I legally can't guilty. tell you to do this. It would be a, right. a, a bad, it would be a bad boo-boo on the organization. Yeah, it is, it's some real who will rid me of this meddlesome priest vibes from the, from the Dolphins owner. <laughs> yeah. And 
And yes, the things they docked him for was too many Zoom meetings with Tom Brady. That's what, that is the egregious violation. Look, it is part and parcel of the ruling that happened with Deshaun Watson, which is the NFL does not care about anything except the perceived integrity of the game. Everything mm-hmm. else is fair game. Okay, so I, I, I have a question. Do you think that it's the NFL, and I'm just throwing this out there because I'm trying to figure out if if the NFL clearly, it's like the NFL was like, hey, we don't want to, we don't want to actually hand out the initial suspension. So we're going to, we're going to trust you to do it. Is this with and the then it was Robinson like, ruling? Oh, is this with the, the we're talking Watson now? That's yeah, I was just asking okay. about the Watson ruling. Sorry, because uh, you you brought it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. It's I did. like, do you think it it was a situation where they're like, hey, we trust you to do the right thing and make the right ruling, and then when the ruling is made, they're like, oh, okay, no, 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 no. No, it was it was I know. or that no. was that basically just a meat shield moment where you're basically just like, hey, here, do this. My my opinion is the NFL does not want to suspend any players for quote unquote conduct unbecoming. The personal conduct policy has always been a joke. The one that they renegotiated with the CBA, unfortunately, relies on past precedent. Like mm. so they so the only like Robinson says if you read the ruling that she handed down. Yeah, he did these things. Yeah, he wasn't honest about them. Unfortunately, in order to make this determination, I need to rely on past precedent by the NFL. That is what is in the CBA. And so that is what I can do. But she basically said he did it. I mean, and now the NFL—it's—it's it's incredibly like the NFL now going back and appealing this and asking for the. Penalized for a year. They, they, if you're getting upset, my opinion is that if you're getting upset about NFL suspensions, you are getting mad about how well they do or how poorly they do managing public relations. And I really doesn't, I don't think it matters. For me, you know, it's, I don't know if this is for y'all, but like for me, what just like turns out, like it's the NFL. Like I'm just, I guess it's more, uh, I'm used to this and you kind of just, this is comes with the territory at this point. You expect stuff like this. Um, but the fans like welcoming him in Cleveland and just the, of course. that I can't really handle. Like that's the stuff where that they really. Why? Fans, you want, you want, look, if you want, do, what percentage of Americans actually care? Look, we have a judicial system that functions this way for a reason. If people felt that crimes, alleged crimes of this nature were of greater importance, laws would be different. The way they're policed would be different. The judicial system would work differently. They don't. This is what people believe. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm not to say it's like, well, that's the way it is. Nobody cares. I don't care. Obviously, there's a lot of room to get mad at it. But if you're mad at it, well, there's one simple way. Stop watching football. Yeah. Because the NFL doesn't care about anything else. It's 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 very on brand because you're just kind of like, oh. And, and if you were going to do anything – you should have done it a year ago. But it's also like, I don't know what happens here because I think it's going to be weird because now you're at a point where he might play week one because of... No, no, play. he can't. No, he can't. He's not playing week one. No, I no, thought that they no, were no, going no. to appeal and if it goes, if he they sues... They are appealing. No, no, no. I'm the saying NFL. If, the NFL sue, if the NFL appeals and they win, they get a, like he can sue and while right, he's he going... he can counter sue, but yeah. not to the initial six games as far as I know. Oh, okay. As far as I know, the six games are locked in. It's just a question of how much more time will he sit if any, okay. and that will be handled over the course. That's what I was wondering. Okay, because I thought if he sued and did countersued, that would make no, it, that would he, open the door for him. He came out and he, the NFLPA, also already came out and said, okay, six games, fine. 
we're cool with that. We're like that's we understand that. We we still we still think it's wrong, and we're sorry mm-hmm. to anyone in the Browns' hilarious statement who may be triggered by this. <sighs> which, by the way, f you, Cleveland Browns. Um, and, but the NFL's appeal is going to be for more. If more is if they give them more games, yes. Up Watson, the NFL PA will definitely appeal that, but it doesn't set the clock back to zero as far as the suspension. Mm. Yeah. Like that is baked in. The six games are, which is very important to me because that means the Jets have to face Jacoby Brissett in week two. And that's really all that matters. I think the Falcons avoid him too. Uh, Yeah. So it's a win win for us. That that's yeah. So uh, I'm not gonna I, I I'm not gonna lie. This is a very sickos moment here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if Baker Mayfield, I don't think it'll happen. I think that game's gonna be uglier than sent. That's week but one, if, right? Yeah, but if Baker Mayfield carves like, yeah. up the Browns, that'll be funny. One, that'll oh, be funny. To dear me. God, that would be the most Browns thing in a while and we haven't had a oh browns thing in a while mm. look you're gonna you're gonna find cleveland fans who are not okay with this they're not you you really don't have to look hard but again you, I, but I, I wouldn't go looking they? at the people who show up at training camp. yeah that's yeah that's well no what i'm saying is like that like, if you're a NFL dad and you're taking up. photo like you're getting your son take photos and like selfies with deshaun watson in training camp this week like i just it's I, so that that image and that video of yeah. all those kids. I'm yeah. just like, and here's here's my thing. They may not know which good. I the guess parents. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kids. Oh, the kids definitely don't know. You're not telling and, the kid about and, it, right? And it's just, and maybe they aren't as desensitized or they don't have the knowledge. So you're just like, if you're if you're a nine year old and you're parent is taking you to brown's camp mm. to go mingle oh 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 board. i'm sure yeah yeah there's... it's not like they're saying like listen it's okay to have strong feelings about nick chubb but maybe avoid <laughs> for the nine-year-old and, yeah and here's my thing yeah i guess i'm just kind of in a i'm at a point with this where to avoid the and maybe I'm just thinking too PR centric here because they've avoided all types of, you know, Hey, best practices for PR. I would not have him doing any autographs. I wouldn't have him doing any be, of that. No, they can't. They, they, they have to, they, they're pot committed. Like if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're suddenly having him avoid the fans in the press, it's basically an admission that, you think he did something wrong too, which the Browns aren't going to do beyond their trollish public statement. No, I I totally to. get that. I guess what I'm saying is it's it's just it's ugly. Yeah, and you're yeah. it's it's hard to watch from That's both how the sausage sides. Is made, man. And you're just looking at it like, mm, and you gave him all this money, and you're just like it's all. I, I do feel like there is a segment of Brown fans that are just like, I want this. There are, there are a bunch of, quickly. right. But they're like, even the fans who are going to say this is awful in some tweets and hold their nose, they're still going to watch the games. They're still going to eat the sausage. If you, that's, that's being made here. The um, like, Browns fans on games on Browns, Browns games on TV, I should say, get it right. Are going to be so awkward. <laughs> like I won't yeah. even watch. I, I I'm, I'm excited. Watch I'm excited to see Tony Romo try to d- display the verbal gymnastics required to address this with nuance and complexity. Well, well be Jim, he's been you know he he's been going and through just wait things. For it. The moment of the moment of it being framed as an overcoming adversity. Yes, that's coming. So, yes. that's so, so, so the first touchdown he throws in the second quarter of his first game. Will, there will be a bland, like a meta description of considering all that he's gone through this year. Oh, absolutely. What a moment for Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. And what he's gone through will be just left hanging there like a, like a yeah. part in, well, a crowded, if, in a crowded elevator. They were doing that last year. Of course, like, they do that every year. 
Like it they was, do that every year with every guy who gets dinged for being a creep. To put it, it was it was the whole well, you know, the Houston Texans are going through their issues, and you know, Davis Mills is 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 doing his best, and I'm just sitting there like, uh, uh, guys, what uh what issues? Speak on. I really, it's, it's one of those moments where I'm like, stick to sports, man. Just just yeah. tell me. Just tell me about the one gap blitz here. I'm fine with that. I don't feel like you have the wherewithal to handle anything more. Or if you're going to make a statement, make a statement, which we all know they aren't going to do. No, which they aren't going to do. That's yeah, not a but, toolkit. But just don't sit there and, oh, there's the, the there's the flaming, you know, tire, tire plant. The tire plant's on fire. Hey, we should maybe talk about the tire plant. No, let's not talk about it. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. We aren't going to do it. The flaming, We're just the flaming gonna tire plant is a Springfield and NFL institution. We do not We're, talk we, about it. Yeah, we aren't going to talk about it. We're just going to um, say, hey, it's over there, and we're going to leave it at that. Yeah. God. Ugh. It's just not fun, and I don't want this. I'm just America's like, pastime, everybody. God, I really I, don't. I, I, I've heard good reports out of out of Jets training camp RE Zach Wilson, and so that's <laughs> what I'm putting my focus on. He's having a go. solid training camp, according to sources, which is people sauces. That I read. You're really in on that. I, I love that you're. you're in yeah, on you're, you're you're all in on the Jets. Actually, possibly. I am. I am here for our, our our thirsty milk hunter quarterback. Take you know. Making a turn, they having a. Having Has he a, been put in contact with Jennifer Coolidge yet? Not to the best of my knowledge. Okay, I, I cannot comment on that. That's Jennifer the relationship Coolidge, that America needs. There was a, there was a blog post right that was a story that came out about Jennifer Coolidge, who you may remember from the American Pie movies. Are you talking kind about what I'm media, what I'm thinking of? Over two hundred. Is, is she, she, got, she basically she, she, she got some action. Yes, I know. That's why I brought her up. Part. Yeah. She's saying that helped her social life. Yes. That she decided to make the words on the page a reality. And and God love her for that because she's an awesome actor. I'm surprised that's getting a season two. That felt like a one season what? type show. What? Uh, you mean White, White Lotus. Lotus. Yeah. Of course uh, it is. People liked it. There were I people. liked it too. It's, but... it's on HBO Max or Peacock. HBO Max. Uh, well, we did, we've discussed yeah. we were, while you were while you were sifting through the last five minutes of the record book discussion. <laughs> and see, like when I did it that way, I missed little subtleties because I'm like doing other you stuff. Did. Andrew, Andrew, yeah, Andrew yeah. and I, Andrew and I were were talking about HBO's decision to merge with Discovery and choices what that mean, made. What that will mean for their programming lineups and and as well as you know, so we were we were talking about that and hence. That's what we're referring to. You you do need to catch up, Chase. You're a little behind the <laughs> curve here. I'm not excited about that. So I don't even really understand. Like, have they finalized? No, 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 no. We we are three guys sitting here not really understanding. We don't even it, know if the HBO Max is for boys, Discovery Plus is for girls. Slide was that real was a weird. Oh, so we don't even know if that's real. Okay. Well, the two of us don't know. Someone yeah. knows, but it's not the people in the Zoom meeting. But it's weird. Um, but no, so I'm sitting here thinking about like, because I, I told I told Bob I said it's there's probably going to be some type of all so all the things on linear HBO are staying because well they make money. Um, but I think there's there's gonna be some that are gonna be canceled on the HBO Max originals, in terms of I think shows that just are there just to be there. And if you look at some of the HBO Max originals, there is a lot of when did that come out? Or how come I haven't seen anything on that? Like I haven't seen anybody talking about that. Like there's. A lot of empty calories I'm, on that. In the Silverman household, we're very much hoping they don't cancel My Brilliant Friend, which is the filmed version of the Elena Ferrante novel. Hmm. You guys are big Ferrante fans, right? No, Huge. That is. Huge. These are good mm-hmm. books. Went, 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 went to Ferrante Fest a few months ago, actually. These are outstanding books, and they make for a very smooth, frictionless read, but they are awesome. Elena Ferrante, that is the pseudonym of the eponymous author. Her name was revealed. If you really look hard, 
or it's an autonomous <laughs> Andrew, he's saying a lot of stuff right now that I, he, just, I don't know what's happening. He's, 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 you know, spouting off that that fancy private school education. Yeah, 100%. Like, those, I don't know. He's gone full we're Brooklyn over here. here. We were talking about the other day with all of the panic about, about the kinds of education the kids are receiving in school. Let me tell you, in my mm. snooty private school, they really were trying to turn us into communists. We got some, <laughs> we were... Bob, don't do this. I have so many family members that are going to be nodding along and citing this. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. We got to read, like, in my senior year, they fed us Paolo Freire's Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And we had to read it. We got the Russian National Anthem in my head right now. We had Joseph Stieglitz, and we were reading, you know, Civilization and Stiskinism. We were actually be we were... We were red pilled in a very different sense of the word. I'm serious, because we were taking a we were taking a third world economic dependency theory course because we were quasi prepping to represent China in the model United Nations, and so you know, we being rude teens, we had some fun with it. So we would call each other capitalist rotors and stinking intellectual sons and things oh, like that. Man. We had a very different upbringing, yeah. Bob. Cultural, yeah. look, we we got into cultural revolution slogans. It's it, being a Maoist when you're 18 is not a big deal. Every kid goes through. <laughs> so, so you so you did model UN as China. Yeah, I represented in mine in senior year of high school. I was Greece. Mm. Okay, and this was when Greece was going through all that financial stuff. Bankruptcy, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's a good that's so, a good country to get. Yeah, that's fun. Well, it's the, so, clax- the classic whoopsie. But we no, so we had to. Uh, and the reason my my teacher picked Greece for me because she was like Andrew, you're a very resourceful person. You can, I'm, I'm sure you can handle this. And I'm just sitting there because we had to go by real world events at the time, and mm-hmm. so how you know those would be used. And so, you know, they they named the topic, and I'm just sitting there, and like four of the five topics were like, yeah, it deals with Greece being a corrupt government and broke, and I'm just like. God, I'm Look, ashamed. we were representing China at the UN not that long after Tiananmen Square. Ooh. So we had to defend that. And all we did... And <laughs> Just hang your head accurate, and shake Because time. this was an accurate model United Nations, and it was filled with dorks and nerds who took this ish real serious. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time what about isming the United States <laughs> oh and everyone on the Security Council saying, Oh yeah, but what about and then we would rattle off their human rights abuses. And say, so and- so so you guys did what about ism. For mine, it was I helped run our fantasy football league. Sure. And so it's a related the, airing, the airing of grievances <laughs> were being thrown out because apparently I was a corrupt commissioner. Just Oops. like Tommy Pham. I was thinking like the same Tommy thing, Pham. yeah. Oops. And mm-hmm. so like it, it was just like an airing of grievances in terms of like people were mad about how the league was run that year. I got mm-hmm. voted out. Boo. Um, and so it was used in model human. So you've got Canada yelling at Greece and Greece telling England to shut up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so like half the class is like, what is going on? I'm fairly sure our entire delegation got cited by the, by the general assembly for excessive use of nationalist slogans. In our <laughs> Oh we we God. really uh, speaking of method acting, we got into the part. We really yeah. did. Yeah, we were in for a penny and in for a pound. Um, I was just told. I was told that I was broke and corrupt, and I just I just sat there. Yeah, I know. I know. We we we've brought this up already, guys. Chase, you would be a great. Um, you would be like a great turkey in terms of like Bollywood. what. Hold on, say that one more time. You would be, a, be great a great turkey. turkey. Jamie, can you chop that? Uh, can you pull that off, Chase? You'd be a great turkey. And that's uh, that's a yeah, new cold because, open. Yeah, yeah. don't say that too loudly or Ennis Cantor is going to jump into the chat and oh, start accusing oh, you. No. 
and and, and police say, "Hey, NBA, please sign me." No, dude, you can't. It's it's not that man does not want to be signed. He's going to make a lot more money not playing basketball. It's not your politics. You can't get back in the NBA now. That's his job. I I had such mixed feelings about Ennis Freedom. I I interviewed him twice for a couple stories. I got to meet him for one of them. We actually got to do a face to face, and he's a very kind man. And uh, that's all I'll say about Ennis Freedom. I'll, leave I'll that say, I'll, uh, hey, look, man, I'll say this. He found his lane, and I guess everybody kind of finds their lane. Sure. But he, it was, you know, when you, you know, when you're driving and you take the wrong lane and you're mm-hmm. just there for a while and you're kind of regretting life choices. I don't drive, so I can't relate to this at all. This is, this is some more video game stuff. This is, That's right. Okay. Bob's just not you a take, driver. You, you take no. the wrong, but you t- you take the wrong subway route, and it just okay. Derails, yeah, I got it. Got and, it. And, and, and it just derails. Thank you for putting it in terms of, I can understand. Thank you. W- w- whatever length of time that you were like, oh, I want to get from point A to point B. Now you're like, okay, I'll be going to point G to get back to point B. There was Sweet. just a little, a little, just to get deep into the weeds of New York City subway experience. There was a time when I was working, I had a job that. I won't go into too much detail about it, but the hours were from 4 a.m. to about 9 mm-hmm. was my job. It was a well-paying job, but it, the hours were not normal working hours. And I was also rehearsing and appearing in a play at the same time. So that would lock me up from 5 to around 5 p.m. to around 11 p.m. So I would often get a nap at a person's apartment near the theater and then go from the theater to my job. And then I would go home at nine or 10 AM on the subway after being up for, you know, 12 hours and totally exhausted. I fell asleep on the subway a number of times and ended up in all parts of New York. I was never robbed because of that, but there were a lot of instances where someone would, I would wake up because someone poked me and go, we're at the end of the line. Did you say Albany? End of the line. No, but before that, where'd you end up? You you, you wake up at all. I would end up at the end of the line, which sometimes it would be Coney Island. Mm. Sometimes it would be way up by Yankee Stadium. You just never knew when I would pass out. (laughs) I would sleep. That's dangerous, Bob. Very dangerous. dangerous. Never got robbed. Never got mugged. Never got hurt in any way. And as as we've learned from the 1974 classic, the taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, Right, New York subways are basically like hell on earth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. In the it wasn't the seventies or the Warriors or Warriors. yeah. We I'm did get David Patrick Kelly last week. We're not getting into DP Kelly. <laughs> I saw you tweeted at him uh, a few days ago. Yeah, I tweeted at him. There's no response. Thanks, David. Yeah, what's going on, D? Uh, yeah. what's going on, man? Um, this bro. actually leads us to our last topic. Uh, favorite. MLB trade deadline move. What was your favorite, Andrew? Oh man, um, can I just? Can, it's the it's not a trade. It's the four hour. Actually, it's not even four hours. It's like the ninety minutes that Eric Hosmer held all of Major League Baseball hostage because mm, he was just funny. like, "Screw this! I'm not going to DC. F that." Um, Shout out and to him. Then, and, then, and then I'm just imagining works, I'm, folks. I'm I'm laying in bed kind of reading, you know, what's going on. And I'm just imagining the Padres because, you know, of course, it's the West Coast at like th- at like nine, eight, nine in the morning. And they're all like, oh, shit, how do we get Hosmer out mm-hmm. of San Diego without screwing everything up? And it's like they were going to Major League Baseball. It's like they went to Major League Baseball. They went to the Nationals and they're like, OK, mm. can we do this? Without using him, and they're like, "No, yeah, like, 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 guys, like, no. the math is math, and you can do that." Okay, Hosmer, bye. You just you go somewhere. You, you clean out your locker. Where am I going? It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that was my favorite moment. Like, I guess the Padres are gonna go all in. Congratulations to the that. Dodgers. I love, I love that the Padres are telling every quote unquote small market team, actually, you know, you guys could do this too if you wanted to. Y'all mm-hmm. some brokies. Yeah, y'all who claim that <laughs> y'all who claim you don't have the money to produce a winning team. Well, here's the 25th biggest market in Major League Baseball. Just saying, you know, 
saying basically going Leroy Jenkins and, and, and building it. <laughs> okay, a okay so can we really call the Padres a small market team? Yes. It, they I, are. I, I, I can call them a small – I call them a medium market team because mm. – Kind of for the last 15 years, they have these spurts where they're just going to be yeah, big spenders. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're, sh- they're putting the lie to the entire notion of fiscal responsibility in Major League Baseball. That's why I love what they're doing. There was an article that was came out in The Athletic where people were wonder- where they got some scouts and GMs to wonder, well, I don't understand the financials behind this. This doesn't make sense, et cetera, et cetera. And the point of, look, the point of baseball for decades now – Major League Baseball has been Major League Baseball owners have realized that they have a like many sports as loyal a consumer fan base, a consumer base as you could possibly want. And they are all earning profit off of the continued, you know, desire and feelings of those fans to to have an emotional connection to that team, even if new memories and new feelings are not being built into the experience. And, you know, if you say like, well, I don't understand, they're going to be paying X dollars in luxury tech. Where are they getting the revenue for it? You are building a lifetime consumer base of people who are going to enjoy rooting for Tatis and Machado and Soto for the next X number of years. And that equity will carry forward for who knows how long. Don't come to me with, you know, a spreadsheet and say, no, 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 it doesn't make sense. You are missing out on the entire point of Major League Baseball. I mean, speaking as a Mets fan, we've had maybe, a, you know, four years worth of good teams in the last two decades, and none of us are going anywhere. And that's because of the equity that was built up decades ago by owners who were not you didn't just see a major league baseball team as an asset that can be like strip mined and arbitraged at various points in ownership. They felt it was something where you are building something that is more important to a community and a group of people. Um, so to me, the best thing was what the Padres did because it put the lie to all the other excuses that we've heard from teams like even say the Orioles who decided they're the most egregious. Yeah, it's like you guys are building a team that went on an unexpected run. You're contending for a playoff, and you're selling off Trey Mancini, who is as beloved as any player on that team because of all he went through to get back on the field. You're selling him off for a couple like middling prospects. Why? Why did you need to trade your closer? What does that get you in the long run? Aside from making every single Orioles fan, let alone the 12-year-old ones, think, oh, there is no point in caring about any of this ever if I'm just rooting for a slightly better bottom line for the Angelos family while they resolve their succession-like differences and sell off the team. He said, bring it full circle. Bring it all the way back. Boom! I like it. Hey, Bob. we call podcasting. (laughs) Hey, Bob. Yeah, what? Which of the first eight runs in the... First two innings of the Braves Mets game last night was your favorite. There was a Braves Mets game last night. There was. Oh, I, I must have skipped it. Oh, yeah, you're, oh, y'all were in the black that. alternates. Kevin James's favorite. No idea what happened last night. No idea. I don't know well, what you're talking about. It split one one. No spoiler alerts, man. Uh, we didn't tell you how succession ended. Don't tell me what happened in last night's alleged Braves Mets game. Okay. I'm excited for the rest of this weekend, though. It's gonna be a fun series. It's gonna be fun. Gonna yeah, be fun. yeah. You guys are having a I lot hate, of fun. You know who's hateful on the Braves? All of them. Wow. Wow. Bob's still mad at John Rocker. I totally get it. I'm not happy with John Rocker. I'm not happy mm-hmm. with, with Lawrence Jones, for that matter. <laughs> I, I, don't have, I don't have fond feelings about Frederick Freeman. How are you Every with Otis single, Nixon? No, Otis Nixon's cool. Okay. Every single member of the Braves, uh, or like a good percentage of the middle of their lineup, looks like the bully in an 80s teen comedy. Wow. Two through four. Two through four. They all okay. look like they should be wearing polo shirts. Dansby is a bully. Is he big them. enough to be a bully? Well, he went to Georgia and is a jock, so yeah. He didn't go to Georgia. He went to Vanderbilt. Well, he went to Vanderbilt. Yeah. yeah he's I from Georgia. Game on Thursday night. He's from Kennesaw. Um, no. And 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 I I, I do not like uh I don't like Matt Olson's face. Went to my high school. Matt Olson went to my high school. Knew his brother. His brother was in my the class. Same, or the same like time? Mm-mm. Uh, no, Matt Olson's like 
four years younger than me. We, we've had no good athletes go to Maybe my more studio. than that. We have no famous athletes from my studio prep school. Who's, who's the most famous person from your prep school? Um, my prep school, unfortunately, has been around since before America became a country, so there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the old, uh, but for recent years, uh, Ali Sheedy. Oh, nice. Who's so, that? Uh, so you you have an Ali, and I have an that? Ali. Yeah, who's like, Ali? You don't know who Ali? Oh, Jesus Christ! Um, uh, unfortunately, so, it also includes Baron Trump. So I have a feeling oof. he's a little more. Famous oh, congratulations! Um, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, he's six four at like age like fourteen now. He's gonna he could be the best athlete to come out of my high school. Oh, Ali Sheedy from Breakfast Club. Okay, yeah, I know who. Ali yeah. Sheedy from so, Breakfast. Kirsty Alley is our most famous graduate. Hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. So it was funny because like uh, the year I graduated. We did a 50-year kind of like retrospective, and we talked to like our most famous alums. Mm. And Kirstie Alley thought that it was a joke that so she was being <laughs> frank, that these high schoolers wanted to talk to her. And like they literally had to meet her at a Starbucks because she thought it was a joke. And they were like, no, like here's the yearbook. Um, I don't know if she's as connected to the school as – she used to be um mm. i don't know but she was just like oh i mean she was nice about it and everything but it, when they were telling me that i was like oh but i mean tech, hopefully one day i will be the most famous to alum at southeast high school that's right the answer is andrew hammond versus the x cheers star turned diane was better medical person yeah, diane yeah, was yeah. better people do love shelly long is, is is she like is she still on that whole political thing yeah that's she does these days. I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to. I think she might have some. She's got some strong takes. Because okay, I remember, I remember the strong take. takes during 2020, but it, yeah, was more, it was more so, of, you know, wildly gestures at everything. And I was just like, oh, she's she's being a weirdo. So I didn't know if that was still the gimmick because, you know, a lot of people gave up that gimmick, uh, you know, in, uh, in early in early uh, November. Bob Silverman, anything we yeah, can check out from you in the Daily Beast this week? No, not this week. Soon. Okay. Soon. 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 Um, soon. Okay. But you can find me on the Twitter at Bob Sayeta, B-O-B-S-A-I-E-T-T-A. There you go. Andrew Hammond, what about yourself, sir, over at uh, the Detroit Free Press? Soon. Best soon. way to put it, soon. This is the time of year where... The dog days of August, man. Uh, the, dog the dog days, days because you've not got, good, you know, good. the Lions are in training camp. Hard Knocks comes out on the 9th. Are and the so Lions this year's Hard Knocks team? Yeah. Ooh. So we've got to Dan Campbell. We, we've got to get ready for the, oh, Dan Campbell's wacky and kooky. And look. Yeah, great. Let's go. enjoy the exploits of. Ted Lasso, except he doesn't win. That should be fun. It's the Lions. Like, but you know, I will say this. He has embraced the whole same old Lions thing that a lot of people deal with around here. And they, like, the franchise believes in them. Uh, Fine. Okay. Fine. He doesn't really have a choice. Like, it's one of those where it's like you kind of have to. Like that's well, just part yeah, of the gig. Thing. Matt Patricia didn't. Yeah, like, if, it's if, like if, we if pretend you, it's you, not happening. We're starting if, from scratch. If you if you look at like how coaches and how you know coaches operate and how franchises operate and GMs and stuff, mm. a guy who firmly believes okay we can do something around here is great. A guy like Matt Patricia who is just kind of like, yeah, if I can be semi successful, I can. You know, looking at his his watch, wondering when Belichick can rejoin Belichick. Yeah, either either Belichick retires or I can go take a more prestigious gig at a at a franchise I can win at. Which, (laughs) congratulations, bud! You will uh, you'll be sitting there in New England for a while. Um, well, you have stuff you can read for me, guys. You can go to sportsrenaissanceband.substack.com. Wrote several pieces this week: Cubs, Padres, parking. Uh, what else did I write about this week? Wrote uh, a couple other things. Uh, wrestling. There was a wrestling, wrestling. Yeah, blog. my year without wrestling. Uh, good I wrote blog, guys. Read, yeah, a lot read of blogs. Blog. Oh, 
and ditching the cell phone. Did you say it was a good blog? Yes, I said it was a good blog. You, did you blog. like it? I liked the wrestling blog. It was a good blog. Thanks, man. Sure. I'm, I'm not going to lie, Andrew, like, it, Bob scared the shit out of me when I was younger, in my younger Knicker blogger days, where yeah. Bob was just, like, doing the vocative stuff, and he was a bit, like, he was appearing on MSNBC, and I'm, like, writing stories. I remember when he said, I got to edit it, and we'll see from some Nick columns, and I yeah. was like, oh, God. Like his... So, I, I got a question, though. I'm like, yeah. I was being a bit of an a-hole. I apologize for that. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I was scared because, like, I your opinion mattered. And then oh, I was like, I oh, I got to, like, it, it scared me in terms of, like, oh, he, this is a this is not a teacher editing my work. This is someone in the industry editing my work. And I was very concerned yeah. with what you thought of what I was writing. So, what was, so, a, what was the wrestling uh, pod about? I mean, not wrestling pod, but a wrestling blog. Why are we not spoiling? Yeah, read, you can just read it read at sportsrenaissancemancom Andrew, you're a subscriber. I know you're a subscriber. I know. I, I But here's the thing. I've been so busy this week trying to prepare mm. for the project that um, I will not go public about. Mm. And I'm just like, Ugh. Well, it says so. it's a four to five minute read. So... Oh wow! Now you now, you, now you're just gonna guilt me. Okay, you cool. Can, you can read it on the toilet. It's fine. You could. You can read it. That's on the, true. That's true, your, Andrew. We're not toilet. doing that. We're all writers here. We're not spoiling the spoiling the articles. We want you to make the clicks, take the clicks, read the stories. There you go. Rock on, Bob, Andrew. Always a pleasure, mm-hmm. and I will talk to y'all <laughs> next week. All right, y'all. That'll do it for the. Sunday, August 7th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Moose Podcast. Sports reporters who have indeed reassembled. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, Andrew, Robert, and myself's conversation today. And if you did, please, please, please make sure that you're subscribed so you never miss a future episode here on the Chase Moose Podcast on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Uh, but also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If that is how you checked out today's show. It helps other people find this very program and it helps this very show continue to grow. Um, new episodes tomorrow, rest of the week, all kinds of great content on the docket this week for the pod. So watch out for that. Uh, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash chase podcast, like, and subscribe all that good stuff uh, as we head into a new week and you guys have yourself a great rest of your Sunday and I'll talk to y'all soon. Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.